So that's why as a slightly doughy, balding, middle-aged guy. It's <laughs> Stop saying you're doughy. <laughs> oh, trust me. From here down, go. for the crazy train that is episode number 97 of the promo front podcast i am one of your hosts bill petrie with me as always the director of diversity the admiral of the acquisition the one and only kirby hossman from kashakton ohio kirby how you doing this fine morning i'm doing well buddy uh you know i think as much as i'd like to not have the weather affect my mood it does and the weather's been pretty nice and it, it as a side note like you and I haven't talked much about it, but there's there was an election cycle in Coshocton here recently that just ended, and it was particularly uh, nasty. And so that means it was very contentious. And uh, and so that cycle yeah. being over, it's amazing how much that affects the psyche of a community. And so yeah. getting through that season has really helped my mental health. And so yeah. I'm doing well now. How about you, bud? doing great have internet fully restored and, yes. and have for for a week or so now so that's been been awesome but you know everybody you know it, we're all busy it's yeah. that time of year things are ramping yeah. up and, and i don't know about you Kirby, but my week was hard you know in the last seven days uh i've driven i've packed up i've brought home i've unpacked two twin boys from college and on top of all that I still got to run a business, right? I still yeah. have to do invoicing and all the actual work it takes to run a business, the creative work and all those things. And this is where I'm really so jealous of people like you who get to use an organization like Evans that makes it easy for you to do your job. Uh, they're committed to making life easier. You know, Kirby, you know how fortunate you really are to work with Evans, don't you? Of course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, how many times have you used Evans and they've just saved your bacon? Right. I, I, the reality of it is, I think when you have an organization like uh, that, by like Evans, that I was going to say like bacon, like Evans, that uh, really does make your life easy, but also have a really uh, kind of diverse product line with all quality products. It really does make um, providing solutions in the promo space yeah. much, much easier. It, they, they do. And maybe they're going to come up with a new bacon product. We just don't know because they are pretty innovative over there at Evans. Yeah. But, you know, they do understand that in today's marketplace, it's not enough just to have those high quality and cost effective decorated merchandise. Just about every supplier does that, right? More than that, they really understand the value in making the entire process easy. In fact, that's how they've built their entire team, Kirby. Everybody there is focused on making it easier for the distributor to get on with their day. They've really, really, really got your back. And distributors are noticing. One of the words they keep using is easy, right? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about on this podcast, easy is not something that is um, easy to accomplish, right? right, right. <laughs> you can strive for easy, but it's not easy. Here are some real quick three quotes. Evans made the entire process easy. Once again, Evans, Evans makes ordering easy. Evans makes our life easy. Kirby, there's not another supplier in the marketplace I can think of that practices what they preach when it comes to making life easy. So listener, why not pause this podcast right now? That's right. Go ahead and hit the pause button. We'll be here. Go ahead and hit the pause button. Head over to Evans.com 
um, evans-mfg.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. So go ahead and pause right now. Go check out and see not only the diverse product line and see how they're going to make life easier. So go ahead and pause. Okay. Hey, welcome back. Glad you spent some time at Evans at evans-mfg.com. And uh, remember, Evans products for a better living products for better living i should say all right kirby you've got the upfront section of the podcast today i wonder what you might bring up today yeah mine was pretty easy this week uh what I wanted to do was really start with giving you kudos. So uh, as you well know, but if you're listening to this and you haven't, you haven't seen it yet, but Bill wrote an article on the need for us to have a little less talk and a little more action in the promotional product space on the topic of diversity. It's something that I think most of us understand that we need, right? Like, because again, it, we do have such um, a non-diverse industry. And as you and I've talked about, two white guys in our middle ages talking about this is a little weird and, and scary, to be honest. But the reality of it is, I think it's an important topic. And I think some work is being done, but more does. And that was sort of the uh, essence of your article. Um, if you haven't read it, dear listener, dear uh, viewer, uh, it's at promokitchen.org uh, to check it out. And I wanted to give you kudos and, and sort of just start the topic by asking you why. Why did you decide it was important to, to put your neck out there? Because it's, it's a weird topic to take on, but it's an important one. It is. And uh, <coughs> excuse me. So the, I appreciate that. It was not an easy blog for me to write. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote, rewrote it probably 75 times. <laughs> and as I said, in the actual piece, I know that a middle-aged, slightly doughy, definitely balding white guy writing um, and challenging others to really do something about a, a diversity is not lost on me. Um, and I know I'm willingly uh, kind of almost sitting at the uh, uh, cancel culture club waiting for a dance that uh, mm -hmm. we all seem to be seeing a lot of these days. But why, why did I do it? Um, it's, I hear so much more talk about it and talk is good, right? And that's a start. You know, it's, it's a, a start. start. Yeah. But, you know, as the great Bono Vox said, when he was introducing the song Sunday, bloody Sunday at Red Rocks in 1982, there has been too much talk. And without, you know, what I keep seeing is this or hearing about his talk with no intentional action behind right. it. And, and to me, it's this continual wash, rinse, repeat of, man, and we got to do something about that. It's like <laughs> looking at my lawn. It's like looking at my lawn that's growing and go, man, somebody better mow that thing. Yeah. And, and thinking somebody's just magically going to do it. And, and so I, um, and it happens everywhere I go. It happens um, within the promo kitchen boardroom. Mm -hmm. It happens in a lot of our organizations in our industry of, wow, we got to do something about that. Well, there's organizations that actually can do something about it. And right. um, I'm not sure that they are. I'm not sure that they aren't. And which is also part of the problem, right? right. Because if yeah. I don't know what they're doing, then, then you're doing it kind of behind closed doors and it really should be a transparent process. So the idea behind the blog was all of us can do better. All of us can actually do something yeah. and writing it on behalf of Promo Kitchen. You've been a part of Promo Kitchen as a chef. Um, I have been, I'm back as a chef right now. And I always felt Promo Kitchen was at its best when we would initiate conversations that people just really didn't want to have mm. when we intentionally poked the bear. And so that was the idea behind this. So I challenged PPAI, I challenged ASI, I challenged 
um, every large supplier, distributor, service provider, and um, uh, business services uh, organization um, and buying group. And then challenge also uh, organizations like Promo Kitchen. Every one of us can do better, mm-hmm. but it's that intentional action. And so, you know, I understand PPAI has a task force. And as I wrote in the piece, you know, they've been at it for about a year. I had no idea they even existed until I wrote the article. And that's part of the problem, right? right. So again, what is the action there? And, and so my thought was, I can challenge, you know, what my, my part is, I'm a white guy going to have this conversation. I'm going yeah. to put myself out there. That's what I'm doing. Um, organizations like PPAI and ASI, they can do something and so on and so forth. So please, I will now shut up. No, it was really good. And, and one of the things I would say is it actually dovetails nicely into conversations that we've had that weren't about diversity, that were about attracting new talent into the industry. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges we yep. have, and we've ta- we have talked about this on this podcast, yep. is that we tend to, every, you know, every big company is trying to steal salespeople, or you're trying to recycle people who have industry experience. And I think one of the things that we're on the precipice of being able to make a difference as an industry, but also as an individual organization, is working mm-hmm. to uh, recruit new talent into the industry. That's where I think sort of the future generation of this diversity yeah. initiative can be sort of grassroots is because right. it's, it, it, we are, when you, when you are, look, look, we're starting with a clean slate. I just want to start recruiting new people in the, into the industry and train them up properly. Well, then it doesn't matter what their ethnic background is. It, it talked, yeah. so I think you talked about it in the article where it's it like, we're talking about their attitude and their, you know, their tenacity and all that stuff. Right. Well, now that's when each of us have an opportunity to rethink how we hire. And I think that's one of the ways we can affect the industry. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Cause I wrote exactly about that in, in yeah. the piece. And, you know, as an industry, we tend to focus on uh, hiring for things that can be taught. Yeah. We need industry experience. Well, all of us came into the industry without experience. That can be taught. Mm-hmm. We, can, we all understand the industry in ways we didn't understand it before we got in the industry. So when organizations intentionally place a premium on uh, tasks, on things that can be taught, you're missing the point. Like you said, you can't teach hustle. You can't teach care. You can't teach color. You can't mm-hmm. teach background. You can't teach all these things that are intangibles that really round out the wonderful rainbow sherbet that our society is, that our industry can be, but it's not right now. Yeah. And so by focusing on, you know, I think I said in the piece, instead of hiring the best promo person, why not hire the best person? Right. That see me is where your large organizations can absolutely make, you know, a, a dent in this. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just one of those things we have to absolutely be intentional about. And, and I just, it, it's time for something to start happening because yeah. it's just, it's just not right now. And, and if you look at historical change, there's people who are quote unquote in power or the majority, and there are people who are not in power or, or the minority. It always takes people who are part of the majority to really drive change. It happened in the civil rights movement. It happened with uh, uh, gay marriage, things like that. And it's got to happen here. So that's why as a slightly doughy, balding, middle-aged guy. (laughs) Stop saying you're doughy. (laughs) Oh, trust me. From here down, dough. Um, But seriously, in all seriousness, it, it takes the majority to say, hey, I stand with that group and we're going to do something. It's not just talk. Let's actually do something. 
again, kudos for bringing it up. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it was a great, well-needed piece to kind of get the conversation started. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about it here. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, Kirby, let's amp up this podcast with our second topic brought to you by our good pals over at Promo Pulse. You know, it's already May, so there's no time like the present to consistently amplify your sales through the, these guys, Kirby's got his shirt on through, <laughs> let's consistently amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing from Promo Pulse is the perfect thing to do. Uh, if you're not doing any marketing, if you're not doing any marketing, this is a great thing to do because you can set it and forget it in five minutes. So head over to promopulse.io slash amp. You're not going to be sorry you did. All right, Kirby, I actually have another promo topic, which is rare. You know, this is the promo upfront topic. And usually you and I uh, take the uh, the last parachute on the plane after the first <laughs> promo topic and pull the ripcord. But uh, we don't talk a lot about acquisitions anymore. I think you yeah. and I decided this is not the industry uh, podcast of record when it comes to uh, acquisitions, but Halo acquiring brand via got my attention. I sent you an email about it. You and I had a quick email exchange about it. And I want to actually kind of build off of what I wrote you. Okay. When is too much, too much? Mm. When is too much, too much? So Halo grew this way before, you know, I, I was, I came into Halo, um, in year 2000, about nine months for the bankruptcy. Promise, I didn't have anything to do with it. I was part <laughs> of the cleanup, okay? And that's truth. Um, but Halo grew before very irresponsibly through acquisitions. Now, I, I know Mark Simon. I know the leadership team at Halo. So I know that they're doing it very responsibly from a fiscal perspective. Right. They're growing. And now they are the largest distributor by hundreds of millions of dollars in the industry. I don't want to take a shot at Halo, but I'm going to take a shot at Halo. I think enough is enough. At what point, because here's, I, I know this about Halo, and you know this from your time there too. Halo management views their customer as a salesperson. Yep. That's how, that, that, that's, that's They'll tell you that, yeah. throughout the entire organization. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic. But there, at some point, you grow so large, you have your own salespeople now competing against each other. At some point, the services you provide one salesperson are now competing against the services of mm-hmm. another salesperson. Um, I think that value proposition at, at some point reaches a tipping point where, where it diminishes. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the, how the RVPs are going to handle this. The regional vice presidents of Halo, their main job is recruiting salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a tough thing. I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on when is, is there a point where too much is too much? Is there a point where they get, they get so big that they really start not being able to adequately provide competitive advantage to their salespeople because they're competing against each other? Um, it's interesting. I, I, I don't probably is the answer. There's probably a place where you do outgrow your effectiveness I don't know when that is. And I don't know, like one of the, one of the things I struggle with is I don't know who, who's supposed to decide that. Right. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the challenge is you say, well, yeah, but when is it? I don't know. And I don't know who's qualified to decide that other than, um, a, the, the leadership at Halo and B, the market. I, 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 cause I think to a degree, the market will decide that a little bit because, the challenge I see in some of the bigger ones is that it, it if you aren't a multi-million dollar producer, you start to lose a little bit of uh, recognition because you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all this is being done. And I'm only doing $500,000 right. a year. And so 
who am I? I'm small potatoes. To me, that's the bigger challenge that they run into. Mm -hmm. And I think if they continue to buy $40 million companies, then losing a half a million dollar salesperson maybe isn't as big a deal. Um, Does it, is it concerning sometimes? Yes, but damn, you got to give them credit. They are consistent with their strategy. Um, If, if I would say, and the RVP thing is interesting though, because Mm -hmm. if your job is to recruit and then you're, the, the rest of the company is just, well, we're just going to buy them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Then I think it might shift the responsibility of that particular group into more right. of a training, um, which I've often yeah. said made oh, more sense. To. Yeah, uh, <laughs> made more sense anyway, because, but again, I, I don't know if, you know, mm-hmm. when is too much, too much. I, I Probably there's a point, but I don't know that I'm qualified to be the person to tell them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm certainly not either. I just wonder when it is because there is that point. And I think yeah. the people who will decide are your customers, your salespeople. Right. When salespeople start to leave, um, that's going to be your indication. Now, I will say this. Halo's always done such a fantastic job yeah. of recognizing everybody. Yeah. If you're selling at a pretty good threshold, which I think is, I remember, it's $250,000, you're, you're recognized. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's the concern. To me, it's more of a, you just acquired my biggest competitor in my town. Mm-hmm, right, yeah, yeah. Now who gets what account? I mean, I remember yeah, being part of the fair. leadership team. They're going through spreadsheets and, okay, who gets this account and who gets this part of this account? That, that part can get exhausting. I guess what I'm seeing is right now, and again, I know the leadership team there, they care. They, they want to do right by the, their customers, their salespeople, and they also want to do right by the end user customers as well. Right. So what I'm about to say is not a shot at Halo, but I think it's just a, a, a indicative of the, the challenge that they have. They're owned by private equity. And so they're spun off and sold every two, three, four years. And what I see with this, this, build, this empire building, I guess is a good way to put it, all they're really doing is satisfying that private equity money. And at some mm. point, there's not any more $40 million a year companies to buy. Right. And, and my biggest challenge when I was a, a regional vice president at, at Halo was, is that I always wanted to do the sales calls and the training and things like that. And that was not how I was measured on my job. I was right. measured by recruiting X amount of dollars per year. And, and I, that's still the case from my understanding. So at some point, you know, I, I, if I'm an RVP, I'd be a little frustrated because you, you're telling me to fish in this pond, but every time I turn around, you guys got a siphon sucking out the water. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's not a lot for me to fish for anymore. So it's very interesting. But I, again, I think Halo probably knows a lot more than I do. In fact, I guarantee you they do. You know, they just moved Paul Bellantone, former uh, president and CEO of, of PPAI, who's been with Halo about a year. They just moved him to director or VP of customer experience, which I really, I think is a really interesting move we haven't talked about. So I don't know. I just wonder sometimes if too much is too much. Mm-hmm. And I still think that, but interesting to watch. Yeah, it is. And again, any, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. I just, I think both of us have a great deal of respect for what Halo does. Um, and so as Halo goes, sometimes so does the industry. So I think it's no worthy question. of just having the conversation of going, okay, oh, yeah. you know, we, we, we do it on the supplier side sometime where you go, okay, how yep. many acquisitions is too much too? And so yep. ultimately I think the market does bear some of that out because, it does. you know, because the, the customer experience is affected. So hopefully they can manage it. It'll be interesting to watch. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we hear all the time 
is mm-hmm. that we we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with, right? Yep. Um, that's something that has mm-hmm. been, I think the first person I heard say that was Jim Rohn, right? And so mm-hmm. it's been said so many times that I think, what, what are you laughing about? Because Jim Jim Rohn, I'm thinking of the talk oh. show. The oh, Fox, no, yeah. Talk not, show host. Not, not Rohn. Different one. Yeah, Rohn. Yeah. R-O-H-N. Yeah, I know. I was like, man, who's Jim Rome spent his time with? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's been interesting to me is that uh, while I'm, we say that all the time, I just don't know that we're that intentional about it. We, we use the word intentional a lot. And because of social media we, or media in general, we, we consume a lot of stuff. And so that, that becomes, that shapes that five people. Um what made me think about this was literally this morning. I had a mastermind group this morning. I am doing this podcast with you. And then I have a client meeting and it's a client that I just adore. Right. And what I found was I was really excited about today because I was being so intentional about the people I'm going to spend my time with. I always feel better when I do this podcast. So I'm curious, a, is this something you think about on a regular basis? Like, okay, who are the people that I'm intentionally putting in my way? Right. Like I'm going to I'm going to reach out to, you know, this person or this person or this person to mm-hmm. set up a, a Zoom cocktail even or whatever. Yep. Or a mastermind group. Do you do that on a regular basis or you does it come to you? And I wonder if our audience does the same. Probably a little bit of both. And it's real interesting you brought this up because I'm in the middle of writing my blog for next week. Um, and, and, you know, we, you and I do not talk about this stuff, yeah. but it's very interesting when we share a, a mindset. And I don't know exactly what the title is, but it's about making sure you surround people and work with people that have the same motor you do, mm. uh, that they don't slow you down, um, that they, you know, make sure that you are with people who are able to get their engine in high gear, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've all worked in situations where there's a slow cog and it just drags everybody down. Yeah. So yeah, sure. it, it very, so a little tangential, but very, very similar. So to answer your question, I, I try to be intentional, um, you know, but other, you know, I'm intentional. If I'm intentional about who I spend time with, other people might be intentional too. And I, they're not on my mind. So they want, mm. might want to spend time with me. So there's, I think it's always going to be some sort of mix, some sort of amalgamation. Um, but yeah, I, like you, I feel better when I do this podcast, when we talk, um, sometimes when I give a perfect example, when I was writing that blog, we talked about, about diversity, mm-hmm. I'd reach out to Danny occasionally and say, yeah. hey, what do you think about this? Or an, another one, I'll give you a, perfect, a great example with that blog. I intentionally reached out to Michelle Bell at ASI, who's mm-hmm. a, a good friend. And because she's such a gifted writer and a yeah. gifted editor, I asked her, please, can you read this and destroy it? <laughs> I want you to look at it from not only a, a diction and grammar perspective, but also my perspective in writing it, you yeah. know, and, and you being female and having a different perspective. So yeah, I, I, I'm as intentional as I think I can be about it, but mm-hmm. you have to have leave a little bit of that wedge open for other people to be yeah. intentional about spending time with you. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I but what I would say is when I'm not intentional is when yeah. I find myself getting pissed off about dumb shit. Um like yes. because because I've let all this other crap in the 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 little open, the little wedge is good. Mm-hmm. It being yeah. like this is when it's problematic. And like it was no funny. question. I was having this conversation with somebody on social media that that Facebook was dragging me down and I mentioned it earlier about the uh, the election cycle. 
And I got a couple people gave me advice. I was like, well, you just need to trim those people out of Facebook and like edit them out of your life. And that's good. Number one, I, I struggle with that because I do like to keep people in my life who disagree with me. Okay. As long as it's respectful. Mm. And then, but, but when I'm managing the campaign, <laughs> Mm-hmm. then I can't, right? Like that during that cycle, yeah. when it's a contentious election cycle and my company is helping to run social media, it's like, I cannot escape it. And so yeah. when that's happening and I can, I go, okay, wait, I want to spend some time with Bill. I want to spend some time yeah. with Danny. If I want to spend some time with a couple yeah. people around here, then all of a sudden right. my mood changes, but I have to be intentional about it. Cause if not, it happens to me. And that's when there's a problem. It's interesting because I saw a comment on Facebook and maybe we're referencing the same one about, you know, you can cultivate your social media feed exactly how you want it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a problem (laughs) (laughs) because when you, again, when you only watch this type of news and you only have these type of people in your life, your, your view become, you put blinders on and your view becomes extraordinarily myopic and you become very closed off to different ways of thinking. And honestly, I think it really uh, makes your brain atrophy quite a bit Mm -hmm. when you don't have to think about um, having a different point of view. You know, one of my favorite things and is having a thoughtful respectful political discussion, because mm-hmm. I believe I'm kind of in the middle, like probably 80% of the country. There are certain things I lean to this, lean, lean one way on. There's certain things I lean the other way on. And I like to hear from other people that have different perspectives and different experiences that maybe I didn't consider. Yeah. I think that helps you become a better person. I think that can be intentional too. Right. So intentionally carving out on social media, people who only look like me, sound like me, say things like I would say, think like I do, is, is wrong. And I know we kind of took a little bit of a tangent there. Mm, that's you, good. You open that door to social. Well, but that's, it goes back to our very first discussion yeah. about diversity, right? Yeah. Like, like, so I, I, so now the one caveat to say, like the advice that does make sense is when people are being hateful or disrespectful absolutely. or shitty. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it does make sense to cut. And those people yeah. I do, but I can't do it when it's within the, the grounds of my work. Like that was the, that was the challenge. I was, that's one of the reasons I was so excited that that election cycle was over. I'm like, okay, no, I can hundred percent. Plus you can get rid of all the election commercials that are like, they don't like children (laughs) over here. Bob loves children. They're going to close all the schools. We're going to keep schools open. All right. Uh, Let's do a quick one. Kirby. Uh, I was just floating around real quick. Um, So I I saw a quick list of make or break brands in 2022. And I always find these lists interesting. Okay. So it was a predictive list of brands that are in trouble. Robinhood was one of them, you know, the commission uh, free app based Mm -hmm. stock stock trading. Peloton, we've talked about Peloton, Mm -hmm. the fitness company. Uh, Pinterest, I didn't even know they were still around. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. But the one that got my attention and arrested me was Zoom. Okay. Zoom's in trouble um, because they had Shit. such exponential <laughs> growth. I know we're recording on Zoom right now. Right. Uh, they had exponential growth during the pandemic for all the reasons we're not going to list here. We all know why, you know, mm-hmm. the virtual meetings and things like that. But if your company thrived because of the pandemic, because of the conditions of the pandemic, not because you pivoted, Just because the pandemic opened up an opportunity that didn't exist before, Mm -hmm. how do you now pivot to a quote unquote normal? And I think that's, 
So I got, I just got me thinking of, okay, if I'm running zoom and this is not our, our, you know, let's yeah. fix zoom topic, maybe this another day, but I thought, you know, what, what, what would you do if, if your company was wildly successful during the pandemic, not because you shifted, but because the pandemic just allowed you to be right. And, and I have a couple quick things here and I'll just, I'll just list them while you, you kind of think about your, okay. what yeah. you want to say. Is it real One quickly? Is, is that a public company? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have yeah, no okay. idea. I should know that. And I yeah. don't. So, well, cause I think it matters um, in the course of this discussion, but go ahead, please. You know, this might be the only podcast where there are more questions than there are answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so um, I, I just had a couple things. You have to look, you have to uh, step back and assess your competition. What are they doing? Number one, mm-hmm. number two, look for gaps in product and service, right? Zoom existed. I mean, just flourished in the pandemic because they had something nobody else did. Now they've got competing um, products like Microsoft Teams and, and, and uh, you know, you can do it through Google Hangouts and all those things. Um, but the biggest one I thought of is we all move so fast. Companies do too. When I say we, I mean the global we. You have to step back and look at your clients and anticipate the problems that they don't even know they have and seek to solve them. That's what Zoom did in the pandemic. They mm-hmm. created a problem we didn't even know we had until, wow, all of us are at home. The freeways are empty. No one's going to the office. How do we communicate to be, you know, where we can have the nonverbal? I think that's the biggest one is we don't step back and look at our clients, whether we're in the promotional products industry, whether we're in the telecommunications industry, it really doesn't matter, and think what problems are they likely to have in the next six months and how can I help solve those problems? Yeah. So that's what I was thinking what Zoom needs to do right now and, and other companies that that really flourished because of the pandemic. Yeah, I think what, what popped into my head is, is so, so a couple of things. The reason I brought up the, the, the idea of whether or not they're public company, because sometimes mm-hmm. those short-term uh, financial measures can really um, be a detriment, right? Like, yeah. because- oh, yeah. It, you know, it, it's one of those things that they flourished during the pandemic. Well, they, I'm sure that stock prices went crazy during the pandemic too, right? So that affected, yep. because I think that if you look at pre-pandemic to, okay, what are they doing now? They'd probably be thrilled without that. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? So like having some perspective oh, about that um, would be, and I think a private company sometimes can do that better than right. one that is that, driven by that stock. first quarter. That first quarter, they don't show growth. Man, they're in trouble. Oh my God, exactly. panic, panic, because you always have to show growth. Yeah, so so don't panic, I guess would be number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, and you kind of alluded to it or, or kind of said it there, was understand exactly what you're selling. Like if I'm um, Zoom, I'm doubling down on what we're doing mm-hmm. and understanding that I'm not selling a, a, a teleconferencing app. I'm selling freedom, mm-hmm. Yep. I'm selling the freedom to work from home. I'm selling the freedom to travel the world. I'm selling the freedom to grow my business while I'm doing the things I love with the people I love. To me, that's a piece of, and again, that's sort of just the marketing side of it. I totally get, but yeah. that to, they still do that. Right? So, do. so, to, so. so to me, that's what popped into my head when you brought it up. I, I agree with that. And I think the other thing you can do is they had a head start. Zoom mm-hmm. had a head start on everybody in terms of video conferencing like this. I would double down and invest on your development team. Yeah. How do you make it better? How do you make it clearer? How do you make it more accessible? How do you make it just 
better. Yeah, because I, I think they're better than their competition. I mean, I don't like I, Microsoft Teams. I don't like Google okay. Hangouts nearly as well. So it's like, to me, yeah. can, please don't go away, Zoom. This is so much yeah. better than what we were doing before. <laughs> totally agree with you. You know, I don't like Microsoft Teams. I don't like Google Hangouts because they don't make things easy like Zoom. But you know, there's another company that makes things easy for people in this industry, Kirby, and that's our good pals. Over at Evans Manufacturing, that's right. They have implemented all manner of processes and procedures to really make sure that you as a distributor, your buying experience, your purchasing journey is as easy and frictionless, frictionless, excuse me, as possible. They are 100% focused on that. So not only do they have those great products and a wide variety of them that are cost-effective, but also high quality, they're going to make it easy for you. They're going to give you time back. They've got your back. So if you want to learn more, and and you don't have to pause the podcast this time because we're done, but (laughs) you ought to head over to evans-mfg.com and learn all about how they can make your life so much easier. Kirby, thank you for making my podcasting life easy today. Thanks, man.